Welcome everyone to the very first, very first episode tale of the Tailgate Pod. Yeah, episode one, if you will. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Very, very, very excited uh, for this and everything that, that that's just going to come out of this. Um, my name is Mike, and uh, alongside the oh, Riley Halliday, oh, let me man. introduce and welcome Riley to the Tailgate Pod. Dude, this is going to be fun. This is a good time. And love your vision, love your heart. Um, just behind biblical masculinity and um, this whole tailgate thing. And, um, you know, we probably should just take a couple moments to just unpack that, um, you know, what God put on your heart about the tailgate and why we're doing this. So, Yeah, yeah. So the tailgate uh, podcast really came out of this idea of uh, us wanting to reach guys in our community, guys in our church, and helping them grow into really into everything that God has called them to be. So mm-hmm. it's just something that I've personally felt called to. Uh, I know, Riley, you and me have talked about this oh, yeah. so many times yeah. uh, through various, various conversations. Uh, so, yeah, this w- what we want to do, we've created this space right here, is to have conversations right. really to equip and empower uh, really uh, everybody out there to grow in, uh, in their lives and, and just kind of do this walk with you. Uh, in a really casual setting where we can just sit here and talk about everything. I know we have other interests, other leadership. We'll talk about basketball, football. uh, Video games. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of of stuff. So definitely excited uh, about that. Yeah, dude. And, um, I mean, so we actually have the tailgate gathering um, where just within the context of our local church, uh, we do small groups. Uh, We believe that life change happens in small groups and um you know we got a bunch of men small groups and it's kind of cool um just once a year uh, for all those guys those leaders to get in the same space and uh really just see what god's gonna do and um man this is the third year that we've done it it's been crazy every time and um honestly mike i mean you brought this up that, that guy just kept asking for it they want to keep yeah, that conversation yeah. going so um i'm excited about this podcast man i think it's gonna be really dope so yeah it's it's really cool um yeah that like this this would be the third year that we've done this, and we decided, you know what? Let's let's do a podcast. Let's talk about uh, having keeping the conversation going past this uh, uh, men's small group gathering that we do here at at our at our local church that that Riley and I are part of. And uh, yeah, so this is the third year that we've done that. We decided, we, you know what? We're going to keep the conversation going and uh, be able to provide content out here that's going to just really help people grow. Um, we w- really want to come alongside you. So what we want to do also is to find out because we don't know who's listening to us just yet. So what we would like to know is get to know you a lot better. And the best way to do that, do that is going to be for you guys to follow us on social media. We're yeah. on Instagram at the tailgate pod. Uh, we're on Facebook also at the tailgate pod. Definitely drop us uh, a message. Uh, let us know, uh, what you what you think about the content also let us know what kind of content you guys want us yeah, to yeah. to really talk about here uh so this we created this space and we're, we're going to have a ton of fun doing this for sure uh but we really want to create this space to to really walk with you uh we know that there's a lot of people out there that uh need some guidance i know that's that's part of my personal story uh guidance mentorship and really a lot of the people that have had an impact in my life uh, i don't know where i would be without them so we just want to be uh a voice uh we can help maybe unpack some of the, some of the things that are going on in our local churches, For some sure. of the things that are going on at work, in our families, uh, and really have a space where we can talk about it in a really casual setting because that, right. that's that's just to me that's the best way to do it. Yeah, do it. yeah, no, I do. I, I agree. I think um, the places where I've seen the most growth in my life, it wasn't because I read the right book or um, you know stumbled upon the right answer, but it just. I just got some people in my orbit yeah. um, who I could just kind of process. I'm an external processor, so sometimes yeah. I just need to talk things out yeah. uh, to know that I'm not crazy or to uh, also just to know that someone identifies with me. They're like, dude, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm walking through the same thing. So, so that really helps me a ton. And um, I think what people can expect, um, we're going to call this, what, Tailgate Tuesday? Yeah, um, so yeah. So the first Tuesday of every month, um, the game plan is to – to drop a new pod for you, um, something that we hope will bless you, will encourage you, um, and just, like Mike said, keep the conversation going. Um, so we did have a couple of sessions from our tailgate gathering uh, where we got all our small group leaders together. Uh, we had a couple of guys share um, their leading in their local community. And, um, dude, that was some powerful stuff. Yeah, Like, man. super powerful, so. Yeah. 
just uh just being able to be be there and see what God is doing uh uh in the leaders cuz I mean you I think a lot of us really expect that from right. from church leaders, you know what I mean or, or maybe from a pastor or someone on the staff. Uh but really the calling and the ministry that's for everybody. That's uh-huh. not just for the uh for the church uh, staff and people uh, on the contrary. Uh the way the way we 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 see it, it should be uh, them equipping the church to be able to go and do ministry. So right. um, it, it's so exciting whenever we get to see that outside of a church setting, uh, when we get to see guys that are stepping and growing into what God has called them to, uh, and really uh, stepping into places that a lot of times it's uncharted territory for yeah. them. It's yeah, kind it's of this place, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of this place where it's like, wow, man, I didn't know I was capable of this. And, uh, you know, being stretched is, is something that um, actually w- the session we're going to be discussing today mm-hmm. uh, really talks a lot about being stretched. Yeah, uh, and sure. uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the back end. So we're going to have content first Tuesday of the month, like Riley was saying. Uh, and we're going to call it Tailgate Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us on social media if you would. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook, The Tailgate Pod. Uh, let us know what, what you guys think, if there's any content that you guys want us to uh, discuss on there also. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with these first few episodes uh, a little bit differently than what we normally would. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, use the sessions that we had from the Tailgate Men's Small Group Gathering to uh, to really, because they're, they're just awesome. These messages, these session sure. leaders really put together a really cool uh, message that they shared, and we really want to... Uh, we want to release that to everybody out there. So what we're going to do is we, uh, you'll be able to hear the audio of that uh, of those messages, and uh, we'll we'll do session one of the sessions today, and then what we're going to do is we're going to unpack it on the on the back end. So yeah. So this first session, uh, dude, Jason. Yeah, man, Jason, Jason was today. Oh my goodness. So y- y'all y'all are gonna love this guy. Um, bam, Jason. We we go back what four or five years now. Easy. Yeah. Dude, oh yeah. Easy yeah. and um. Man, just just such a well of knowledge. I mean, he he's what I would call a renaissance man. Like, yeah. I mean, this dude does everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a fiddler. Like, yep. oh, dude, I remember we had this um this storm that rolled through our city, and um my man he he went on Facebook and he fiddled during the storm, and like, yeah, he just wrote a song, so cool. Uh, dude, he's into photography. He writes. He, I mean, he's he's an author. He's published some poetry. Yeah, dude, he's just won phenomenal. several awards here in uh, yeah. uh in North Carolina for uh. Uh, for the poetry he writes, uh, yeah, dude, really good dude. He's also a mentor of mine. Um, I, I, I didn't grow up um, exposed to tobacco or like <laughs> y- using a pipe or anything and like that's that. That's a big deal here and, in North um, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and just here, Tobacco Road. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I needed a mentor. I needed a bro fest or someone who can coach me in the ways of of using this pipe tobacco. And uh, dude, Jason was right there. Yeah. Um, so he yeah. leads a small group called the Eagle and Child, and uh, basically that small group it was at a place where uh, what C.S. Lewis. Um, yeah, C.S. Yeah, Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, they used to hang at the Eagle and Child Pub and, um, you know, just enjoy. And yeah. God do- downloaded a lot of stuff into those guys um, that has blessed tons of people today. So I think it's cool that um, they get to tip the hat with the name of their small group and, um, you know, just have biblical conversations about who God is shaping his sons to be. So um, Jason's going to bless you. Hope you guys enjoy this session. Hey guys, if you never met, I'm Jason Kennedy. I'll tell you a little bit about the Eagle and Child. I'm a co-leader of the Eagle and Child. It's a men's group, meets every Thursday. And it's a funny name, isn't it? Uh, the Eagle and Child. It's named after the famous pub in Oxford where C.S. Lewis and uh, J.R.R. Tolkien got together over a pint and some smoke <laughs> and, and talked about God. And that's what we do every single Thursday. So that sells itself, you know. Like, hey, come to, my, come to my group, you know. Um, and it actually, it's one of the longest-running men's groups in Manna. I've, I've been doing it for eight years, and it was, it's older than that, so we're really proud of that. I'm going to dive right into it, if you don't mind. i got a lot to cover here. Um, in 2008, I was living in Savannah, Georgia, and I was flipping through the channels on my TV, and I came across a college basketball game between the Carolina Tar Heels and the Clemson Tigers. I said, oh, let me see how my Tar Heels are doing. And they weren't doing really well. They were down by 15 in the second half. 
<laughs> no, that's a lot in basketball, 15 points. I said, yeah, that one's over. You know, I ain't watching that. So I turned it. Don't judge me either. I turned it. You weren't going to watch it either. I turned it, and uh, later I checked back. Hey, see how it's going. And to my surprise, Raleigh, it was still on. It was in double overtime, and the Heels were down by two with a couple of seconds left. The Tar Heels had come together, rallied, and fought back. And there was a timeout break, and the Heels got the ball after the break. Y'all with me? You follow me? All right. So they get it back, they get it in, and they kick it out to Wayne Ellington for the Heels. And he hits a three and wins the game. Now, it was an incredible come-from-behind victory. And now everyone knows that when things get out of hand in basketball, you call a timeout. But Coach Williams for the Tar Heels didn't. So after the game, he had some explaining to do, and I stayed and I watched that press conference. He said, and it kind of went like this. He said, I know everybody and their brother was calling for a timeout and probably would have called a timeout. But look, I'm trying to do more than win a basketball game here. I'm trying to build a squad. I'm trying to build a team. And I wanted them to feel the weight that they were under. I wanted them to figure it out. I wanted them to come together and, and fight back. And that's exactly what he did. And by the way, that squad that Coach Williams put together went on to win the national championship. Right there. Yeah. So Coach Williams didn't call a timeout when things got tough and rough. Why? Because he was more concerned about the players' development than he was the situation that they were in. Okay, so why don't we ever think that God does the same thing for us? I've learned God is more concerned about our development than he is delivering us out of those situations we find ourselves in, guys. Remember the outcome, and this is important, has already been decided by what Christ did on the cross. His death did away um, with every sin, and his resurrection gives us a living hope, and he secures our future. So all the troubles we face until death have been taken care of, even if it cost us our lives. How many of you heard the saying, God would not put any more on you than he thinks you can handle? <laughs> See that? All right, uh-huh. Well, for starters, that's not biblical. And I have a friend who said, if God wouldn't put anything on you you think you can handle, God must think I'm Thanos. <laughs> that's true. You ever feel like that sometimes? Like, man. All right, can I share something with you that I've learned in my walk of over 40 years? I don't think God puts anything on anybody. I don't believe he's walking around dropping loads on people to see how they handle it, even if it's for their benefit or not. So what is going on? I believe it's two things. First, most of the time, it's just life. Life is hard. That's just the way it is. We may feel God has dropped something on you or, or um, to handle, but most of the time, guys, it's just life. Life happens. And you know what? It happened for Jesus, too. He knows exactly what it's like being human. He got a good taste of all the things that we're going through. It's just life. But you know what? We serve an awesome God who is able to squeeze out every bit of good of that situation that we're dealing with. Secondly, I have found out, it's sin. I'm sure you've read in Hebrews that God disciplines those he loves. And that's true. But I have found out to be rare. If, he, if there was prolonged sin, I've seen God step in and have to handle the situation. But really, sin is its own punishment. And I'm going to say that again. Sin is its own punishment. For every action, there is a reaction. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Likewise, every sin has a consequence. And there is no sin without a consequence. This is why God sent his Holy Spirit, guys, to come alongside us. And he, he pleads with us and, and to do the right thing. He urges us to make the right choice in everyday things. It's also why the Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding. But why? Do what? Consult him in every single thing that we do so that he can make our paths straight. If we consult with God first in everything, he will lead us down the right path and make those rough places smooth. You know, the Apostle Paul went through the same thing. He's like, hey, can I get some help here? You know, it's like all the stuff he's going through. 
It's like the boat is coming apart, almost drowned. I made it to shore. I started this fire to, to keep warm and to eat, and this deadly snake comes out and bites him. He's been stoned here, ran out of town here, thrown in jail. My friends are talking about me behind my back and deserting me when I needed them the most. I have this health issue, you know, I've been praying about, and, and I still have it. You haven't done anything here. You know, after all, I'm doing this for you. The least you could do is, is step in and help me. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, but God's like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. My grace covers all that. We're good. Keep going. I got this. You got this. Basically, Paul's calling for a timeout. And if God didn't step in and call a timeout for Paul, I doubt he'll call one for me. In fact, God told Ananias in Acts 9.16, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Our suffering is a part of our Christian walk. Romans 8.16 says, if we are Christ, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs, then we must be heirs in his suffering. Why? So we can share in his glory. So you've got the suffering and then also the sharing of the glory. If we were in some charismatic church, now would be a good time to say, some of y'all trying to pray yourself off the potter's wheel. <laughs> you know, but we're not, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, guys, I want you to know that whatever you're going through today, Whatever you're suffering through, Jesus loves you, God is with you, and he has already handled that situation. But we have a part to play in it, and that includes relying on him and continuing to trust in him no matter what. All right, I want to switch gears here, do something a little different. Um, Speaking of heirs, I believe God wants to remind us exactly who we are in Christ and the inheritance that comes with it. There is a power and responsibility that comes with being a part of the family. If you have your Bible or Bible app on your phone, turn with me to the very first page of Matthew. And if you don't have anything like that with you, it's no worries whatsoever. Now, we know Abraham was a friend of God. This friendship was created through the act of faith. I want to be clear. This relationship, everyone seems to covet, simply came about because Abraham heard and obeyed God's voice. Abraham hears God's voice. Abraham obeys God's voice. No matter what he felt, heard, believed otherwise, he trusted God, and this is faith. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said he would establish a covenant with him. God tells him he will make him exceedingly fruitful He will make nations of him, and kings would come from him. And they did, plenty of them, including David, including David and Jesus, of course. He tells them, this is not only between me and you, but your descendants throughout the generations as an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants. God said he would give Abraham and his descendants the land of their origins and all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and that he would be their God. Now, this relationship of Abraham hearing and obeying came to a, uh, you know, such an intimate pitch that God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own son to test his level of obedience. We know the story. God stops Abraham from doing it. After this, God tells Abraham, because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, I will surely bless you. I will multiply your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sands in the seashore. Your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. That's key. So God makes an everlasting covenant. He said Abraham's descendants would be blessed and they would be numerous as the stars in the sand, uh, uh, grains of sand. So speaking of Abraham's descendants, let's look, let's look at the first page of Matthew where we find Abraham's family tree. It goes from Abraham to Jesus. And let's be honest, how many of us skip this part of the book of Matthew? Anybody want to be honest? Yeah. Anybody be honest? Okay, I know I do. I do. Maybe you read it one time. You read it one time, and then the next time you get about halfway through, and you're like, you know what, let's just skip on over to the birth of Jesus here. You know, I don't want to, you don't want to read all those names, you know. That's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, but that's a big mistake. 
This is so important that the author starts off the New Testament with the genealogy of Jesus. The list goes from Abraham to Jesus and then stops. Look at verse 17 in your Bible. It says that there are 14 generations times three, but that's not true. There is a generation missing from the list. They left someone out of a pre, uh, they left someone out, and he was a, one of the, I looked it up, and he was a previous ruler. I don't know why they left him out. They thought maybe it was when they went to Babylon, they were captured and taken to Babylon, and maybe they thought he was a puppet king. Maybe he chose dukes over Hellman's mayonnaise. I, I don't know why they, they left him out, but, uh, but they did. Um, it didn't matter, because in order for the Bible to get the 14 times 3, they, they, uh, theologians believe they counted David twice in it. So, um, so, so let's look at it for a second. Let's get a slide. I wrote this. Look at, let's get, look at this on the screen. Uh, so I actually wrote them down. And 14 plus, 14 plus, and then after Jesus, there's one missing. From, and that's the category. From Abraham to David, from David to Babylon, and from Babylon to exile to Christ. So this is how they're listed in the Bible. 14 times 3 is 42, but there's not 42 listed. And that's how it is in your Bible. There's just 41. So where is the missing generation? Also, what happened to God's promise to Abraham? It just stops at Jesus. Remember, God promised Abraham that his descendants would numerous the, uh, number the stars and the sand. But Jesus is the son of Abraham and was killed and was never married. And he didn't have any kids. So it's important in Jewish custom that the children receive an inheritance from their father where is Jesus' inheritance? So where's the 42nd generation? Here's a, here's a fun little nugget for you. In Numbers chapter 33, Moses wrote down all the times they camped from the time they left Egypt to the time they got to Canaan land. And guess how many times it was? 42. So when they got, this important number, so when they got there, after that was the promised land. And we know that God didn't allow Moses, who we can safely say kind of represents the Old Testament and the laws. He didn't allow him to go into the promised land. That was for Joshua and a new generation. And then we also would safe to say that Joshua represents Jesus in the new uh, generation. uh, And that he represents the new covenant in the New Testament. If you never heard that before. Um, It's kind of common. So back to Jesus. Now, before Jesus laid down his life, he made a new covenant with his followers. He didn't do away with the first covenant. Remember, it was everlasting. He fulfills it, and he makes it stronger. He seals this new covenant with his own blood and sacrificed body. We worship God the same as Abraham by taking taking up the bread and wine. We drink of his blood and eat his flesh, becoming one with his body through faith, the same as Abraham. Those who enter, enter by faith, the same as Abraham, becoming family and heirs of the promise to Abraham, and along with Jesus, inherit everything and take their place in the new generation of people born of the Spirit. This inheritance is so rich, guys, that it includes the entire earth and even the keys of death with Jesus inherited with his resurrection. Praise God, it's awesome. So now everyone who believes in him becomes family and takes part of this generation. And they take part of this inheritance. This single file list stops when it gets to Jesus. And then, boom, this great explosion happens. Like when he said, let there be light. And a multitude of stars burst forth. And do you know that they're still going? They never stop. It's one thing scientists agree on. They're still going now. Stars are just going and going. You have a part in this story and have become direct descendants. <laughs> you know, I want you to grasp that. You've become direct descendants in the family of God. Praise God. Praise be to God. Where is the 42nd generation? I'm looking at it. The list stopped at Christ because he opened the door. John 1.12, to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And if you haven't got in on, on this inheritance, make sure you do before you leave here. Now, what are we going to do with this newfound power? 
right? The king's kids. Do we lord it over people? Do we puff out our chest? We wear the finest clothes and tell everyone we're the head and not the tail. Is that the best choice? Or should we follow the example of our Lord and King and take the humble servant position? When God first called his people, he gave them the Ten Commandments. And these rules are so that he can instruct them on what he expects of them and how to behave now that they are his people called by his name. One of the commandments was, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. He's basically saying to his children, now that you are part of the family, don't embarrass our name. Don't misuse our name. You serve and represent me, and the manner in which you serve reflects me. I'm going to end with this illustration. This one, yeah. I love it. I love that. All right. What if we all work together in a high-rise building, and we're on the like middle floor, and the boss, no one's ever seen the boss, the boss who owns the company, the boss who owns it all, and he's on the very top floor, and no one's ever seen him. But we have seen his son. His son is a manager on our floor. All right, you with me? You with me? All right, all right. Yeah, thanks. All right, he's a manager on our floor, and you know what? He's not a good boss. He's, he's hateful. Maybe he comes in late, and he takes long lunches, and he... Uh, he leaves early. He puts unnecessary burdens on people. He's uh, emotionally unstable. Um, he's a micromanager, hateful anger issues. And we're like, man, he's, he's a jerk. Well, wouldn't we make a logical conclusion and, and a connection between him and his father? And we're likely going to say, you know what? We've never seen the father, but we've seen him and... Wow, he's, he must, I've never seen the father, but he must be the biggest SOB ever because of his son. Now, let's flip that on its head. What if the person that they saw was gracious, loving, kind, led by example, and was generous and loved? And we'd go, wow, you're just like his father. I can't wait to meet the father. And at the end of the day, that son pushes the button on the elevator, and he goes to the top, to the very top floor, and he walks in there and sees his father. And his father says, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's go and do it likewise. Awesome. So we just got done listening to Jason Kennedy. Yeah, man, and, uh, Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Riley, any uh, initial thoughts? Let, let's let's talk about this. Let's All unpack right. this. Well, well, one, I got I got a beef with my my brother Jason. Um, I didn't like his Tar Heel um, <laughs> analogy. I mean, I I get it. Uh, I understand what he was trying to connect with us. But I'm a Blue Devil fan. I believe yeah. that the brotherhood is strong. Um, but nah, Jason, I love you, man. Um, yeah, just the 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 story about how um, you know, instead of calling a timeout when you know, strategically that would have made yeah. sense. And everyone who's watching the mm -hmm. game said, you know, that, that makes a ton of sense. But um, the coach's response is like, hey, I'm trying to build a squad. Um, yeah. I think about that just um, just in our lives, the, the places where God allows us to walk some things out where we're like, nah, like intervene, um, do mm -hmm. something here. Instead of um, solving all of our, our problems for us, God's trying to build a squad. He, he, he's trying to develop yeah. us. So that yeah. was – that's what challenged me the most, you know. Yeah, I really like what he said. Uh, God is more interested in our development yeah. than he is about delivering out of our uh, situations we find ourselves in. To me, that, that really spoke to me personally because how many times do we spend time in prayer uh, just like, God, you got to get me out of this situation or you got to get me out of this. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. For sure, uh, yeah. I think I think what we're, what we're trying to connect with here is the development piece. Right. Uh, God is trying to develop us, and a lot of times uh, I've grown and learned. I'm not the best at this, but uh, I've grown and learned to where when I hit that wall of frustration, or when I hit that wall where I'm like, God, I just need out of this. I'm like, all right, what what am I learning here? What am, what am I missing that I'm that I'm not learning? Uh, and I think that that's important to see uh, situations in life, good and bad, as opportunities for us to grow and to learn. So good. What do you think about that? Yeah, dude, I think you're spot on, and um. Honestly, I mean, I know 
like it's it's healthy like it really yeah. is healthy to to cry out to God in those places where you do feel like all right like I'm, I'm stuck here or um, I'm just having a difficult season or whatever it looks like mm-hmm. um, you know science um, is even kind of backing this up um, they did some studies on the brain activity of people while they're praying wow. and um, it actually activates um, again it takes a big brain person who's way smarter than me um, <laughs> but the, the frontal lobes like they they interact while you're praying um, so it's yeah. interesting how prayer um, and again when we're talking about praying we're not necessarily saying hey um, get down on your knees and you know re- recite a certain um, set of words but um, like Mike and I are, are talking right now talking to God yeah, that way going to God I'm like hey mm-hmm. Um, I'm in it and I'm frustrated and I'm tired and I need you to get me out of this. Um, Somehow that conversation with God and being opening and listening to him as well um, makes us mentally healthier, Mm -hmm. um, which is which is kind of crazy to see um, signs backing up a lot of the things we see in in the Bible. So, Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, It kind of makes me think uh, this thing of, of God is more interested in our development. Uh, something I know you've heard, I've heard, uh, where character is made in a crock pot. Yeah. You can't, you can't microwave Ooh. that. <laughs> so, uh, as bad as we want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, want, uh, we want that, that shortcut to, uh, to, okay, I've learned it. Now what? No, uh, you need to sit uh, in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sit that's, in it for that's a little not, bit. That's not the way it is. <sighs> yeah. God, uh, God definitely wants us to grow. Uh, and and every day is an opportunity to to move towards development and to honestly to become more Christ-like. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And dude, I didn't really see it that way honestly until I became a dad. Um, so yeah. I, I got you know, three children. Um, two of my children are boys, and they're a lot older because uh, it takes us a while to recover from the fact that oh my god, we got a kid. <laughs> um, so our oldest, he's eleven. Um, then our second son, he's seven, and our baby girl, uh, she's a little over a year. And um, you know, just as I as I father them um, and watching them develop. Um, I'm learning that you can't just tell your children what to yeah, do. No. Um, it doesn't work like that. Like from the simplest thing of tying your shoes, I could easily just continue to do it for mm-hmm. them. Um, but by helping them, I'm hurting their development. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I have to sit there and watch them be frustrated and struggle yep. and get mad at me yeah. um, for their problem. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, hey, I taught you how to do it. I've given you instructions. I'm going to be here with you um, while you struggle. Yeah, but you're gonna do this, right, um, right, right. And so, just kind of in those places, I kind of felt like God was coaching me a little bit, saying, mm-hmm. "Ah, you've you've learned something." I'm like, "Ah, got it. I understand. I'll stop complaining now." <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, being being a dad is 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 really uh, helped me grow as well. Uh, it's funny, God God will often send uh, frustrations. I feel like, and I'm just speaking personally from my yeah, experience. Yeah. Uh, and no, I'm not, a, I'm not a bitter person by no means or anything like that, but he'll send frustrations, uh, you know, uh, just conversations maybe, uh, with people at work, uh, really conversations with my kids. Sometimes, uh, it's like, man, I wish I could just beam the knowledge and the experience and everything oh, that I have from my brain into <laughs> theirs, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah, let me and know how it, to do that. I yeah. know. <laughs> and it's, it's cool because, um, it's actually cool because I've learned to become a better leader. I've learned to talk to people. Right. Uh, a lot differently. I'm very task oriented, very goal oriented. So some people aren't. And uh, being able to lead people in different seasons of their life and with different personalities, mm-hmm. when it really takes a lot of skill. It takes sure, a huge sure. toolbox, yeah. not just a, a hammer all the time. Right. So uh, and 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 while you, while God is using you to develop other people. Uh, God is developing you, right. so it's like, yeah, it's like it it it's, it happens simultaneously, and For it's sure. so cool. It's so cool. Um, also, really like what Jason was saying about God is not just dropping loads on people to see how they handle it, right? So oh, I thought man. that was I was like, man, that's that's really cool because a lot of times we we get this this frustration. We're in the season and we're like, we just look up and we're like, God, what's up? Like right. we're trying to tell him what's going on, dude. I know, and like. <laughs> I, I know, you know, we're Mike and I. We go to church, and we're we're Christians. We follow Jesus. Um, but sometimes, like when I talk to other Christians, um, I feel like we give um, our enemy, you know, the devil, too much credit, man. Like 
someone's, yeah. someone's driving down the road and their tire blows out. Like, oh my God, the devil's out to get me. And it's like, <laughs> nah, like you, you, you're probably just a little cheap. You probably should have changed your tires like, you know, three months ago, but you kept riding on them and, and now they've blown out. So I don't, I don't think that's the <laughs> devil. I just think you should have changed your tires, man. Um, or maybe, maybe you didn't know. <laughs> To do that, to right. check your tires, but now you do. Now you <laughs> so know. God, God it's, it's very you to clear. Place, but it's like, all right, now you know. He developed you. Yes, he yeah, developed that's you. That's it. Um, yeah. He was, uh, uh, Jason would say, he said uh, he's not dropping loads on people to see how they handle it. Um, and I love his, he gave two two reasons yeah. why why it stuff happens. And to me, it's just, it speaks to what I feel. Jason's just, um and I don't mean this in in a negative way whatsoever, but he's just a very simple person. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I think uh, I, I subscribe to the philosophy that uh, it takes a real genius to mm. make something complicated simple. So if you if you're good at that, then I That's think it. I think you're you're That's you're in the genius. right mindset. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So he was saying. Uh, so the two reasons, uh, oftentimes, you know, it's just life. It yeah. happens. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, he said life is hard. And life is hard, yeah. <laughs> and it is true. It is. I mean, I, I don't know why we get wrapped up in um, th- this life where we think we'll have zero problems, where we'll have zero friction, everything will just be mm-hmm. great. And then um, I would love to meet the person who's figured that out, but um, I've talked it's to a lot of people, yeah. and we all got stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all got drama, and I think we just learn – Kind of like what you said, we become better leaders, we become more effective, yeah. and we learn how to navigate mm-hmm. that stuff better. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, one, one of the things that I run into at times is, is just people, they, they all right, I, I've accepted Christ, and, you know, I'm going to walk with Christ, and that's it. There's no more problems. And um, it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, it doesn't work like that because there is a development. Again, we, we, we were, I was saying earlier, we were talking about becoming more Christ-like. Yeah. Development, uh, whenever we're being developed by God, whenever we're being molded by Him, uh, we're becoming more Christ-like. Right. And that's the goal. That's, that's the plan. That's it. And the world doesn't want that to happen. Right. Uh, so the world would do everything um, to keep you stagnant yeah. or to set you back. Or really, like like Jason was saying, it, it's just life, and it happens, yeah. and it's hard. Yeah, and when we say the world, we're talking about, I mean, let's just keep it real. We're talking about the kingdom of darkness. Uh, yeah. we're, we're talking about everything that's in opposition to um, to Christ's reign here on the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we have a real enemy, and um, he, according to Scripture, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, I think that kind of segues into Jason's second simple explanation. Um it's sin. Yeah. Um, sin carries its own consequences. And, um, dude, I didn't get this. Um, you know, our, our local church, we have a, a Bible reading plan where um, we try to read the Bible um, cover to cover um, every year, go, mm-hmm. go through all the scripture. And um, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I get into those Old Testament spaces where I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, like another yeah. list of names. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's a challenge. But um, I got my bros um, in the small group of men called Up Before the Enemy. They all keep me accountable. So uh, so we get it done. And, um, dude, looking at some of, like, just what they had to do to stay clean. Um, so they're, like, they're these priests, and they serve in a capacity for their people. Um and it's very important, the work that they do, and they have to stay um, ceremonially clean. Yeah. Um, so that there's a lot of things they couldn't do because these things would taint them. Um, and I'm looking at the modern-day application of that is uh, that's what it's like living in a world of sin. So it's not just necessarily the things that I fail to do or the things that I shouldn't do that I might do, um, but it's other people too. Yeah. And so it's like how do you stay clean? How do you stay absent of these consequences? And I think the reality is um, – Again, it's just life. It's sin, and sin has its own consequences. So we have a lot of drama in our lives yeah. because of the fall, because of sin. So, And a lot of that, it's, it's, it's interesting. We, we can talk, we could probably spend hours talking about how uh, sin, sin is inherited, obviously, uh, theologically. Uh, we, we can discuss that as a th- theological conversation. But sure. honestly, like, you know, our parents have sin and they things that they struggle with. Oftentimes, that get that's get passed on to, to kids, sure, uh, to their sure. children and whatnot. And and it, it's it can be it can be generational and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and part, that's part of sin's consequence. Yeah. In, in our in our lives. So, um, 
you know, we, we talked about this and, and really what it, what it kind of boils down to is, is how, do, how do we suffer? You know, oh, how do we boy. suffer in that right way? And sure. our suffering really is part of our walk. Yeah. So, what, Riley, what do, you, what do you think? How, how would we, how do we walk in this suffering as leaders more yeah. specifically? Yeah, dude. Um, like for me personally, um, you just got to always look at Jesus. Yeah. Um, like when I, when I look at the fact that we're called Christians and that, and that word means little Christ. Um, so if I'm a little version of him, um, scripture says he's known as the man of sorrows. Mm -hmm. And I think when we hear that, it's like, man, this is going to suck. Um, but I think Jesus could walk in that because of what he was passionate about. He was passionate for us. Um, kind of like what Jason Mm -hmm. was saying, that next generation, that, that 42nd generation that, um, that is us, um, that explosion of, of, of people and leaders that he bought on that cross. So when I look at him and I look at his passion, um, it gives, it gives purpose to the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I keep my eyes on him and like seeing that. how he suffered for me, then I can suffer for other people. I can suffer for my marriage. I can mm-hmm. suffer for my children. Mm-hmm. I can suffer for um, wherever it is God has called me to, to be employed and to serve and to lead. Um, because you will suffer. Um, yeah. You will. But at least now it has a purpose. So, um, again, just keep my eyes on him, um, knowing what he did for me, uh, what he did for all of us. Um, dude, that's a powerful motivator. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, uh, that, that's, that's, dude, that's spot on. Uh, I don't really have much to add uh, onto that. That's, that's absolutely spot on. Uh, looking to, to Jesus as the example is, is going to be, uh, it's going to be the only way to do this. Mm. And, you know, so that's, that's how we walk in that suffering through the example of Jesus. But does that to us, does that kind of look like, 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 the, the raw deal, man, on that? What, what, what does that look like? How do, how do we do that and still, because as, as, as I, I was hearing you talk, we're really uh, exploring what it is to become more Christ-like. For sure. Hold for up. Sure. Is that just like bad? Is that just bad? Is, <laughs> it, is it all sucks. suffering? My life sucks. My life is horrible. So let's, let's talk about sure. how it's not, because I don't believe it is. I believe that there's a lot of joy. I like what you were saying, finding yeah. purpose in that suffering. Yeah. And I think when we find purpose, we're, we're designed to have purpose and we're Absolutely. created in, with intention and purpose. So I think when we start discovering or walking in that purpose, even when we're suffering, it, it changes, uh, it changes things. We can actually find joy in, in what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think the key word is passion, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about the passion of Christ. And um, I think, honestly, I think that's where that word originated from. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that what that word means is what you're willing to suffer for. That's good. Um, that's good. So it's not that we're just called to a life of suffering. Um, but again, this, the, the pain has a purpose. So um, Jesus was willing to suffer to be in relationship with us. Um, so there are places, so the, the perk of the suffering is the relationship. So um, I encourage a lot of young dudes in marriage because I know for me, I had a false expectation of what marriage was. I'm like, I'm going to marry this hot woman. Um, She's going to make food every day and I'm going to play video games and we're going to do adult activities a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then what I realized is I had a real false expectation. Um, and, and it's good. And, um, again, it, it all hasn't been, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Um, yeah. There's been some fights. There's been some arguments. You know, there, there's there been some pain. Um, and, and our passion has carried us. But, um, I mean, just being honest, your, your passion fades from time to time. Yep. And so what you go back to is the commitment you made. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I for, for this cause, I will forsake all others. And I think in walking that out um, – the relationship just gets so much deeper and so much yeah. sweeter. And yeah. then, yeah, dude, I mean, there, there's so much fruit from that. So I, so that's the marriage context, but even in like, um, some of my relationships with, with my bros and my homies and stuff, it's like, you know, I could, um, be offended or upset about something, but if I can just take that L mm-hmm. for the sake of being in right relationship with you, that's so much more valuable. Uh, that that's the perk. And, and, Honestly, that's the blessed life. Like I enjoy my life when I do that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I I couldn't have said that any better myself. Uh, it it I I've walked that same uh, walk through my marriage and uh, through through various. Uh, I mean, it, it, 
I, I don't know how many how many of our listeners have had certain expectations. Hey, we're not we're not trying to diminish your expectations uh, of no, marriage. Marriage is awesome. Marriage is awesome. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> just don't jack great. it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just hey, uh, marriage marriage is uh, uh, really less about what we want and more about how uh, the oneness and the togetherness and how God has called you. It, it really sure. expands uh, the calling in your life, and um, honestly, in a way that that you couldn't imagine uh, it doing so. And I, I really think that the key to this, uh, really to, to walking out this walk uh, in the suffering and in the joy and finding joy in the suffering, most importantly, because I believe when we're, we're, we're in joy, we're, uh, when we have joy in our lives, we have peace. Come on, that's and good. when we have peace, then we're able to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, hear what God is trying to teach us, what God is trying to, and really what other people are trying to tell us. Because a lot of times when we're in these places where we're suffering, sometimes it's so bad that that's all we see. Wow. Uh, so I think a life of devotion is going to be uh, the recipe, and I, I hate to call it a recipe because it's more of a lifestyle. For sure. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, it's really uh, that's the recipe to be able to find joy and peace uh, amongst uh, situations that that you're going to suffer. And it's not a it's not a joy and peace like like you don't have a care in the world. You're going to feel for sure suffering yeah, uh, yeah. In, in certain situations. Uh, but what is that joy and peace is, or that that life of devotion is going to offer you a hope. Yeah. It's going to offer you a place where you can take what you and you know that it's being dealt with. You know that it's being handled, and you, um, yeah, you grow in that relationship with with God. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that too, man. Because you said um, again, it's not a formula. It's yeah. not a um, you know A plus B equals C kind of thing. But it it really is a lifestyle. I mean, that's where the word believe come from. Mm-hmm. It's by life. Um, so by the way you live, yeah. you know, um, and so I think when, when we say that we're believers, um, what we're saying is we're going to live a devotional lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that devotion to Christ is, is where we're going to be most satisfied. Yeah, like our, hum- our human hearts won't be filled by anything. Uh, we can try. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried, uh, whether it be pursuing your career or pursuing um, your lover or yeah. your children or whatever it is that you want to fill your heart up with. Um, Jesus is the only thing that will truly satisfy that. Absolutely. So growing growing in this, uh, I want to—I actually want to leave one, one question here, uh, uh, really just a challenging question. Uh, before that, I, I think that the application that Jason was talking about is listen and obey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, be, be in this space of, of listening and being obedient to, to God and— Look, there's there's none of us out there that can that can say, hey, I've done this perfectly. Right. Uh, it's listening and obeying is simple. It's not easy. Right. Uh, it is very very simple. It's not easy. Uh, oftentimes, it takes a lot of practice. Yep. Uh, nobody's done this perfectly, so that's that's why God's grace is so important. But uh, understanding that the only way to grow, the only way where God, God is more interested in our development, for that God given development, the yep. only place that that's going to happen is when we listen and obey. That's good, man. And I think, um, you know, practically for, for some of the listeners out there, um, maybe you're wondering, like, okay, how do I listen and obey? Yeah, um, good, yeah. You know, I think I think the most simple thing we can do to, to start that listening um, posture with God is is pray. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's, good, that's yeah. that simple daily habit of talking to God, um, like when you're driving to work or um, maybe during your workout or while you're running or whatever um, activity, maybe when you first wake up in the morning, uh, just carve out some time to talk to him. Um, I think you should read scripture. Um, that's a huge way that I yeah. actually find some of God's instructions for me to obey. Um, so I do that a ton. Uh, for me, I, I read daily. Um, first part of my day, I uh, just want to wake up, spend some time with God. Um, he's my father, so I want to meet with him, see what he has for me for the day, and um, and worship. Um, and worship isn't you know just lifting up my hands and singing songs, um, but for me, when I work out, um, I am giving him my body as a living sacrifice. When I when I go to work, um, mm-hmm. you know, exercising your trade, um, I do things with excellence because I want to give it back to God. Like, look at what I made today, Dad. That kind of thing. So I think if we um, if we establish just those three habits, um, yeah, I think we'll be able to hear. You know, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, that's that's something that uh, that that we uh, we've grown and 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 learned in, in, in our home and and uh, yeah, it, it's the it's the only way to do it. It's not guaranteed a, of a perfect life. Uh, but but I do believe that that you will find purpose in your suffering. I do believe that you'll find joy 
uh, and what you do in life. Not not every second, maybe, but over the course of, of, of your lifetime, I For believe sure. you'll find joy and purpose yep. uh, by doing these things, listening and obeying. And I think the best way to doing that, yeah, life of devotion, rather with the things that you were talking about. So I want to I wanna leave everybody with one question. I want to challenge you with this and uh, just think about it. Uh, is how can, I, how can God use my life to have an impact in his kingdom? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say that again. How can God use my life to have an impact in his kingdom? And wow. you know, for some of you guys, it may be something huge right now. It may be something really huge that God has put in your heart. For some, it's just getting up every day and, and, and meeting with him. It could be something as small and as simple as that. But don't think that in, in the hands of God, time is wasted or wow. don't think for one second that in the hands of God time is not valuable or Come multiplied. On. Come on, man. Uh, we believe that that we serve a powerful and mighty God that's going to uh, really bless the time uh, that that we we surrender to him, that yeah. we give to him. And that's he's so going to he's going to do some some amazing things through yeah. that. Yeah, I think um, I forget where I stumbled upon this. It might have been like some some Dave Ramsey stuff, but it was um Wealthy people don't spend time; mm. they invest time. I like that. Yeah, and, and yeah. when you invest, you expect a return. That's right. So when I wake up and meet with God, I consider, it, hey, I'm going to invest time with God. I'm going to invest yeah. time with my wife. I'm going to invest time That's with my right. kids. I'm going to invest time with my bros, um, because you will reap a harvest. Um, mm-hmm. It is sowing and reaping. So um, stop spending, start investing. That's right. I like that. I like that. We want to th- uh, thank you for. Uh, joining us today to the tailgate pod man this was so much fun this is fun this is so much fun i really really enjoyed it uh, you can catch us on apple podcast spotify google podcast wherever you get your content we'll see you guys next month god bless